Proverbs 31, please look with me at verse 10. An excellent wife, who can find? She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She is like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hands to the distaff, and her hands hold the spindle. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. She's not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household are clothed in scarlet. She makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchant. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful, and beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. Thank God for the many excellent wives and mothers among us here this morning and for your faithful work, tireless work, and doing that which is necessary keep our homes comfortable and running well, and to, by your example, display wisdom. And so we want to honor you today. And in light of that, I would like us to look at a passage that instructs us in that way. So I want you to take your Bibles now and turn to the book of Ephesians. And Ephesians in the sixth chapter. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 1, Paul is addressing the church at Ephesus, he's addressing various people in those churches, various groups in that congregation and the way that they would glorify and honor God. And one of the things he says in chapter 6 and verse 1 is to children, and his address is this, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. 
honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with the promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Ephesians 6 2 tells us to honor your mother. What does it mean to honor one's mother? How would you do that? Does the Bible have anything more to say about that? How are we to read this? Is this only for children, young children? Does it pertain to any others? These are questions that we need to answer from our text this morning as we look at a mother's honor, ways that we all should be honoring our mothers. So let's pray and ask God to help us see these things clearly today. Lord, would you give us your mind in the few moments that we have to examine your word today? We thank you for all those among us, our mothers and grandmothers. I pray that today they would be encouraged and that the rest of us, husbands and fathers and children and grandchildren, we would understand the great significance and importance of displaying appropriate honor to those that you have placed over us, and that we would give ourselves to this. And in our own community here as a church, that it would be a backbone of what we do. We would understand the blessing that comes from this as we show honor to those who are to receive it. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Not long ago, millions of people saw a job posting by a Boston company. The job posting was titled as Director of Operations. As I said, millions of people saw that listing. Only 24 responded for an interview. Why do you ask? Well, some of the information in the listing was this. The Director of Operations must be able to work 135 hours or more per week. They must have the ability to work overnight. They must be willing to forego breaks. Their work mostly will be standing up and or bending over. Crisis management skills are an absolute must. And they must have the ability to manage a minimum of 10 to 15 projects at one time. 24 people, as I said, responded to that job listing and they actually interviewed. During that interview, you can see this online, actually, they mentioned to these people to further describe the job, and they talked about the hours that this job would, would require, and they said the job pretty much requires 24-7, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They got to the matter of pay, and they said, well, the pay actually is nothing. They talked about six days, sick days and benefits, and they said, oh, there are no sick days. What's the, what's the use of this job, one person asked. Well, the response was, the meaningful connection that you make and the feeling you get from helping your associates are immeasurable. Someone replied in the interview, well, no one would do this. That's crazy. To which the interviewer responded, actually, billions of people hold this job and do it gladly. To which his response was, these are moms. And you can see the expression on these people's face. Oh, of course. Many of them said, I'm going to call my mom right now. Moms should be honored. 
and it's appropriate that we honor them for the task that God has called them to. This is something God commands us to do not only on Mother's Day, but every day that we should honor mothers. But that begs the question, what does it mean to honor them? How do we do that? Is the Bible more explicit in what it requires or what it recommends? This morning, we're going to look really at three things. I want to try to define honor as the Bible discusses it. We're going to look at displaying that honor. How do we do that? And finally, we're going to see in this passage, there's a reward for honoring mothers, one that you might not have thought of, uh, but certainly I think you'll agree with by the end of the sermon this morning. So this morning, I want to begin by really defining what it means to honor your mother. Honor your mother defined. What does this mean? We would have to go back to the word in verse 2 of Ephesians chapter 6, honor your father and mother. If you know anything about the Bible, you know that this is actually a quotation from the Ten Commandments listed in Exodus chapter 20, also in Deuteronomy chapter 5. It is the fifth commandment. And when you look at the Old Testament use of this word, the word honor is a word that literally means heavy, or we would say weighty. In fact, it's a word that's used to describe God's glory when it talks about the glory of God. It talks about the weight of God, and what it means by that, not so much literally, but it's talking about giving a weightiness to one's position. We would say it this way, what they say carries a lot of weight with me. On the opposite hand, we would say, well, I take what they say lightly. So this is the idea of honor. It's, it's a weightiness about the position that a person holds that really goes a long way with me. Just by nature of the position, there's an honor in this. So to honor is to respect or esteem or value or to prize. In other words, the Bible is saying that we are not to take our parents lightly, but to value their person and opinion in attitude and action. That idea is given us in Leviticus chapter 19 and verse 3, where God tells adult people, every one of you shall revere his mother and father. Why? I am the Lord your God. Here's this again idea of of reverence with this position, regard to one's position. The opposite of honor is to dishonor. If parents are weighty, they should not be treated lightly as if the fifth commandment doesn't even matter. This is important. We should understand God's principle in this matter is by nature of the fact that he has put you in the house you have and given you the parents that you have, your relationship to them requires your honoring of them to take seriously what they say. Now, my even saying that this morning and just going through a simple definition of that word is tough to chew on. Some of you I know come from homes and places where it was very difficult to do this because your mother did not act honorably. And I want to be sensitive to that this morning. But the Bible does not negate this requirement of you. 
For many of you, thank the Lord, you came from a home where, where this is one that, that you cherish and you're glad to be able to honor one. And you, over your years of maturity and growth, have come to understand the great sacrifice made on your behalf. And so your honoring your mother is relatively simple and easy and right. However, we live in a culture that really speaks against this in many ways. All you have to do is look at modern day programming or even go on social media and you see that there is a kind of disconnect and disdain for previous generations. It's this idea that that we finally come to the point where our generation has it right now and to listen to anyone from a previous generation or even parents, it's noting that they're so out of touch and they don't just understand things and, and they're living in the 1900s. And there's this disconnect between this idea of really listening to someone that has come before and honoring them for their position and even experience as opposed to really gathering counsel from those who are my peers because we have it together. Young person, this is something that you will have to fight against. It's something that you will really have to give consideration to as to what direction you're going to take in life and who you will listen to. To honor a mother is to value her person and position with appropriate attitude and action. And this is exactly what God is calling us to do. We've seen the word honor and how it's defined. It's to give weight to somebody. It's to understand the importance of their position and to heed what they have to say. But why is a mother to be honored? Why is your mother to be honored? Again, you might say, well, that hasn't always been honorable in her demeanor. Well, who mother, which mother here today would profess to be perfect? None of us. Nevertheless, I want you to note in the text that there is no qualification on this commandment. It says honor your mother, and there's no if. It is unqualified in its command. A mother is to be honored simply because of our relationship to her and her position to us. We are simply to honor because she is our mother without qualification. Here's what that means. It doesn't depend upon her education. It's not, well, you know, my mom, she never went to college, she never got a degree, so she just doesn't think like she should, and, you know, she's kind of from the country, and, you know, never grew up in a city, and so, and we put these qualifications on it, so, well, I don't really need to listen to what she has to say or honor her. You ever thought that way? I find it interesting that the Bible says that the honoring of a mother doesn't even depend on her salvation. Well, my mom's not a believer, and that might give you caution for some counsel, but the Bible does not entirely negate your honoring of her and listening to her. That you ought to. This is a part of honor. It doesn't even depend on her occupation. 
well, you know, my, my mom, she, she never worked a real job. Uh-huh. You know, she's always been a homemaker. But now I'm in the real world and I work this real job and she just doesn't understand. The Bible doesn't give those kinds of qualifications. This is an honor that is due to her position and your relationship with her as her child. And people who refuse to do this, the Bible is very clear about one that would refuse to pay this honor and refuse to appropriately value one's parents. The Bible is very clear that these people are foolish. Honoring a mother defined, it's this. To honor a mother is to value her person and position with appropriate attitude and action. And when somebody does not do that, here's what the Proverbs say. Forsake not your mother's teaching, Proverbs 6.20. doesn't get any clearer than that. Again, there's no qualification on this. Secondly, a foolish man despises his mother. Actually looks at that instruction, despising it, looking down upon it, holding it with little regard, as we've seen the word uh, doesn't mean, the opposite of it. Finally, the Proverbs say in verse 23, 22, do not despise your mother when she is old. Don't get this notion that somehow she's passe and therefore doesn't understand the world in which we live. This text in Ephesians 6, Exodus 20, Deuteronomy 5, it states that the general attitude towards one's mother is one of honor, a kind of reverence and understanding and listening. Well, the question is, how do we do that? Is it that we buy her gifts on Mother's Day? Yeah, we're going to honor her today because we'll take her to dinner. Well, that's appropriate, but is that how we do that? Is this what the text is saying? How do we explicitly display honor, whether you are in the home as a dependent child or you're an adult child? How are you going to display honor? Well, this differs, obviously, according to our age and our stage in life. If you look back at our text in verse 1 of Ephesians 6, children are to what? Children are to obey. Now, our question is, who are children? In a general sense, we're all children. But this really is a reference to a dependent child. What is a dependent child? <clears throat> Do you live with your parents? Do your parents provide for your housing and your food? Do they provide for your education? You are some way dependent upon them? This has been our experience with all of our children until recently. My oldest was married last December. And it was that kind of finality that I knew that there was this transition that was kind of final in that, that now there was a separate unit. So the Bible really discusses people in this kind of context, young people who are still under kind of the, the, the help of your parents. It doesn't just mean a married person, but it's someone that really is dependent upon them in this way. So let me address our young people for just a minute. I'm talking young people in here from, we would have what, fifth grade? Because fourth grade is downstairs. Fifth grade up through, you're dependent on your, on your parents, all right? Let me discuss that with you today. The Bible says for you to honor your mother, it is to obey 
You probably hear that a lot, right? Well, what does it mean to obey? At its root, this word has in it the idea of to listen, to hear. And it has the idea of listening in a certain way. It has the idea of listening as a subordinate, okay? There are ways that we can listen to one another when we have dialogue and we exchange with one another and we're exchanging ideas. But there's also a way, even in a workplace setting, but especially in a family setting, where you listen as a subordinate. In other words, you're receiving instruction from someone intentionally, and it doesn't work the other way. The information kind of flows one way. This is the idea. And so for young people in the home, the Bible tells you to listen, and that listening is obeying your hearing what is being said. When our children were very, very little, we had to explain to them, here's how you listen. You listen with your ears, with your eyes, and with your mouth. You listen with your ears, obviously, by hearing what's being said. You listen with your eyes by looking at the person who's talking to you. And you listen with your mouth by keeping it closed. And this is the way you listen. I find it fascinating that when we read the book of Proverbs, the Proverbs uh, uh, exhortation time and time again to young people is this. Hear, listen, listen up, bow down your ear, the King James says. So young people, God requires you to listen. To honor your mom, you must listen. I know this gets to be difficult for people in their teenage years because when you're a really young person, you, you idolize your parents and they can do no wrong. When you get to be a teen, you begin to see the chinks in their armor and you begin to hear other things and other influences and it becomes very difficult to do that. And let me just say this, young person, your mom wants to be your confidant. She wants to be your friend. But when she speaks to you, you must listen. Because you don't understand this now, but perhaps more than anyone else on this earth, she cares about you. And you must listen. And this is how you honor her. Give her appropriate place. You shouldn't demand your own opinion. You shouldn't demand your own way. You should listen submissively. This is what the scriptures are teaching us. You say, but that's so hard. Okay, young person, believe it or not, I know. I was in your shoes at one time, and I know I didn't always listen and listen submissively as I should. But, you know, that's why God has to give us a new heart to do that. Because all of us in our own way are rebellious. The Bible says that. We're like sheep. We think we have the market cornered on all that's true and right, and I know the best way to go. And it's a part of our fallenness and our nature that rebels against even a God who created us to listen to him. And we, like sheep, have gone our own way. But thank God, 
he redeems us and he gives us a new heart through faith in Christ so that by his grace we can humbly listen and obey. So young person, if you really, really struggle with that in the depths of your heart, it may be that you need a new heart. And you just need to acknowledge that to God. And you need to ask him for grace to forgive you and redeem you and give you a new heart. That you would appropriately honor and listen. This is what it means to honor a mother. And the Bible is very clear about this kind of listening and obedience to this. It really is all-inclusive. Look at Colossians 3, verse 20. It says, children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Now, obviously, that would exclude a parent who would tell you to disobey God. His commands are ultimate. But nevertheless, it's far-reaching as to a child's honoring a parent through obedience. In our text, the Bible actually explains why this is the case. Look at chapter 6 again, verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Don't miss that phrase. What that means is your listening and your obeying your parents is reflecting on the Lord. And it reflects on your relationship with the Lord. In other words, this is a spiritual obligation that God places upon you. That to listen and obey in this way, in a submissive way, demonstrates your own submission to the Lord. And that that would be a testimony to other people. Now, what would you think if someone came into our congregation, and they came from from outside, they've never had exposure to Christian teaching or, or the Bible or whatever, and they come into this congregation And they observe all of you for a week. And they go in your homes and they watch what's going on in those homes. And what they see are children who are honoring their mother this way. Listening with a submissive spirit, showing honor, receiving instruction. And that's happening all week long, 24-7. And they're going to see that. What conclusion do you think they're going to come to? planet did these people come from? How does that happen? I don't see that anywhere else. That's not natural. That's supernatural, and that's the point. That spirit-filled children with a new heart, honoring their parents this way, it's not something that naturally happens in any of us. It's something that God works in us. So children, obey your parents in the Lord. It's a spiritual obligation that carries with it a spiritual testimony. And secondly, note the text says it's right. That means it's a moral obligation. A moral obligation to honor mothers in this way. In fact, the Bible is very clear that it's immoral people or people who reject God that are characterized by a blatant disregard for parents. Let me show you just a couple of passages. Romans chapter 1. Just look at this list. It's talking about people who have rejected the knowledge of God. 
And it says that they were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They're full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They're gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil. And what's the last one? You say, that doesn't fit. I mean, look, that's a rough list. And you're going to put that in the list? What God is saying through the pen of the Apostle Paul is, yes, this matter of dishonoring one's mother, in this case, through blatant disobedience, is a serious matter. Not only that, 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 2 gives a similar list. It says, for people, it's in the last days, they'll be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud and arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful and unholy. You can see how the Bible just kind of lops this in, and it's not saying that this is a minor thing. It's saying that these are all important things, and this one is also on that list. So how do we display honor? If you are a dependent child living in the home, there is a matter where you must listen in submission and you should heed and give appropriate attention and respect and honor to what your mother is saying. You say, okay, well, what if I'm not a dependent child? <clears throat> what if I'm outside of the home? Whether you're married or not, okay? Are we obligated to do the same thing and obey? Listen to what is given an instruction and immediately follow that with obedience. Is that what we are to do? As I was thinking of this, I was reminded of a story I read in the Washington Times. We recently, uh, actually this week, visited the White House in Washington, D.C. I wasn't an invited guest. It was just a tour, okay? Um, but as we walked through the White House, I saw pictures of George W. Bush, president, his wife, Laura Bush, I was reminded of a story that I read in the Washington Times. The First Lady, Laura Bush, talks about a visit that she paid uh, to the home of her husband's parents. You may remember that George W. Bush, his father was a president as well. Barbara Bush was her husband, so Barbara is George's, George W.'s dad. You know how the Bush thing works, right? Uh, so... Um, she's talking about an overnight visit that they went to uh, George's parents' house. And she said this, George woke up at 6 a.m. as usual and went downstairs to get a cup of coffee. So Laura sang her husband, George, went down to get a cup of coffee. Laura says he sat on the sofa with his parents and he put his feet up. And all of a sudden, Barbara Bush yelled, put your feet down. To which George's dad replied, come on, Barbara, he's the president of the United States. And Barbara replied, I don't care. I don't want his feet on my table. Laura says the president promptly did as he was told, for as Mrs. Bush observed, even presidents have to listen to their mothers. Well, is that true of older children then? We, we've seen this is true for those dependents to honor moms in this way. Well, what about older children who are not dependent? The Bible tells us this, that grown children continue to display respect to honor your parents. No longer under this obligation to obey, per se, but the respect must still be there. 
Older children are not exempt from honoring a mother. In fact, if you recall, in Exodus chapter 20, when God gives these commands, honor your father and mother, to whom were they given? Adult children. He's not having a Sunday school lesson coming off of Sinai and sitting down with the tablets and saying, okay, now children's church, come here. That's a part of it. He's giving it to adult children, and he's saying, you must honor your mother. Well, how do we do that? Much of that is done in attitude and action. I want to show you an example of this. Look at the book of 1 Kings. In 1 Kings chapter 2, we're told about the sons of David. David the king has died. And David has a son, Adonijah. He's actually the older son, and he's still living. But we know that Adonijah didn't become king after David because God told David Solomon would be king. And so Solomon, who is younger than Adonijah, though from a different mother, Solomon becomes king, and he is reigning. Solomon's mother is Bathsheba. You may recall that there's the episode where David was unfaithful with regard to Bathsheba. And their child by that unfaithfulness was taken. But they had another child, and Solomon is born to Bathsheba by David. And in this episode, we read about Adonijah, that older brother of Solomon, and he comes to Bathsheba, Solomon's or, uh, mother, and he says, Ask Solomon to give me Abishag to wife. Now, Abishag had a relationship with David. And really what is going on is that Adonijah is trying to be subversive and he's trying to steal the kingdom. Bathsheba doesn't know this, but Solomon does. But what I want you to note is the interchange between Solomon and Bathsheba. Okay? So here we are in 1 Kings chapter 2. And uh, look at verse 17. These are the words of Adonijah to Bathsheba. And he said, Adonijah says to Bathsheba, Please ask King Solomon, he will not refuse you to give me Abishag the Shunammite as my wife. Bathsheba said, Very well, I will speak for you to the king. So Bathsheba went to King Solomon to speak to him on behalf of Adonijah. And the king rose to meet her and what? Bowed down to her. Then he sat on his throne and he did what? He had a seat brought for the king's mother, and she sat on his right. Now, if you're regularly reading your Bible, you might just read over that. But think with me about what's going on here. Solomon is king. He is the most prominent king in Israel at that time. He's expanded the kingdom. And here comes his mother, who is known for having a sordid kind of past, right? What is his response to her? He listens to her. He bows in respect to her. He brings a chair right next to his throne and has her seated there. In his attitude and action, he is showing honor to his mother. That's appropriate. And I think the Lord is pointing that out in this circumstance. But also notice this. 
Verse 20, she said, I have one small request to make of you. Do not refuse me. And the king said to her, make your request, my mother, for I will not refuse you. She said, let Abishag the Shunammite be given to Adonijah, your brother, as his wife. And King Solomon answered his mother, and why do you ask Abishag the Shunammite for Adonijah? Ask for him the kingdom also, for he's my older brother. And on his side are Abiathar the priest and Joab the son of Zariah. And what you'll see is that Solomon goes on and he tells her no, indicating that he's not obligated to obey her request. Nevertheless, he has shown her appropriate honor. Do you see that in the text? I think this is a great display of how grown children honor and hear and reverence their parents, but they're not under the obligation to always obey. And this is what is taking place here. So how do grown children continue to display respect and honor? You honor your mother by prizing her highly. How do you treat your mother? Do you call her? And in her presence, do you give her a place of honor? Do you acknowledge what she's done? This is appropriate. We honor by prizing her highly. We also honor in this way. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 5. There's another way to display honor. Paul is giving instructions to Timothy on how to behave in the church of God, the way things should be carried out among God's people. He gives instructions in verse 1 of chapter 5 regarding older men and younger men. He says in verse 2, treat older women as mothers. He says in verse 3, honor widows who are truly widows. Now here's this word honor again, and he's talking about widows, a woman who has lost her husband, and they are truly widows in this way. But notice down in verse 5, he says, she who is truly a widow, who is this, left all alone, She has set her hope on God and continues in supplications and prayer night and day. According to verse 9, Paul's going to say it's those widows who are over 60 years of age, so it's not likely that they would be remarried, but, but these are truly widows in the church and they have definite needs. And Paul's going to go on to say, here's what you should do for them. Look at verse 4. We are to honor them, but verse 4, if a widow has children or grandchildren, Let them first learn to show godliness to their own household and to make some return to their parents, for this is pleasing in the sight of God. What is this godliness in return? Verse 18, or verse 8, rather, of chapter 5. If anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his own household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. And what Paul is discussing in his context is this. If you have someone who is genuinely a widow, that the parents or grandparents of that one should show appropriate honor by caring for them physically, caring for them financially in their latter years. He says, that's how you're going to show godliness. This is what takes place and what must take place. This is a part of honoring a mother. It is to provide for them physically when they are unable to do so themselves. 
Children and grandchildren provide for mothers. They don't just leave it to the church or to the government. This is a responsibility upon grown children to honor in this way. Honoring a mom, this is how we do this. We put it on display. We prize her highly. We provide for her physically. I won't take time to elaborate on this, but you should communicate with her regularly. I found that my mom's not here, so I can talk about her. Um, she, she, she's probably listening, though. <clears throat> she, she, likes, she likes me just to come down to her place and sit and talk. You know, and I'm thinking, I got a hundred things to do. I just come down and sit and talk. And that's a part of honoring. Part of honoring them. And giving them that appropriate place and appropriate reverence. So this is what God tells us about displaying honor for mothers. I want to end with this this morning. There's a reward for this. Go back to Ephesians chapter 6. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Dependent children, honor by obeying. We all should respect, give reverence to a mother. Verse 2, honor your father and mother, for this is the first commandment with a promise. And what he's referring to is back in that Decalogue, those Ten Commandments. You have four commandments that precede that. And when you come to the fifth one, and if you read it in its context, it's a lot more, it's a lot lengthier because what is attached to it is this promise. That if you'll do this, God says, if you'll honor your father and mother, back in Exodus and Deuteronomy it says, you will live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. What he says, if you appropriately honor those who come before you and your parents, it's going to result in a stable society and you'll live long in this land that God is giving to you. What land was that? It was the land of Canaan. It's the land of Palestine. It's modern-day Israel today. But when you come to Ephesians chapter 6, he reminds us that this command is given with a promise, honor, because there is this promise of reward. But notice there's something missing. Verse 3, he says, Here's the promise that it may go well with you and you may live long in the land and he leaves off that the Lord your God is giving to you. And what he's saying is, is that this is a command that is given and it's with a promise and this is what builds a stable society wherever you are in whatever land you're in. If you will do this, it will result in in a reward, and the reward is a stable society, a stable community. This is the promise. Live long in the land. You say, okay, Matt, well, does that mean that if I obey my parents and I honor them that I'm going to live to be 90? No, it's not what it's saying. But what it's saying really is this. When you neglect this, when you neglect honor for mothers and fathers, and you break up that family unit where there's a constant division between those, it results in a land that is on the decline. 
You see the effects in society when you break down that fundamental family unit. It doesn't result in blessing. It results in catastrophe. And I don't need to give you illustration this morning for you to understand that's true. We are feeling the effects of that in our own land. Because people have disregarded God's norms with regard to honoring mothers and fathers. And God says, if you will do this, it will result in a stable society. One writer said this, when the bonds of family life break up, when respect for parents fails, the community becomes decadent and will not last long. And that's true. So this is the blessing of the command to give appropriate honor to one's mother in that it strengthens the bonds of family and ultimately it strengthens the fabric of a community and a country. So we of all people, as God's people, should be committed to honoring our mothers. Not only for our own sake, but for the sake of all of our community. Honor your mother. To honor a mother is to value her person and position with appropriate attitude and action. We honor mothers today, yes, with cards, yes, with gifts, yes, with time around a table and a meal. But every day is a day to honor mothers for our own good, for the good of our nation. May God give us help to do so. Let's pray together. Father, you know that within our heart there is probably even now many objections being raised by people for why this doesn't apply to them. So God, we just ask for grace this morning that you would pour out grace in all of our hearts and we would understand that this is a clear command of Scripture we can lean on our own understanding or we can trust you. Would you give us grace to trust you? Lord, I pray for young people here in the home. I ask that you would give them grace, maybe even to have some courage today to speak to their mother and in honoring her today by just expressing their disregard for these things. And confessing that and making that right. That they would be humble before you. And they would know that there really is a blessing. The way that you have organized things. That they would be honoring of their mother's position. And her person and listening and heeding. Lord, would you do that work in the hearts of young people here? Lord, for those of us who are older and out of the home, may we, may we know the value and importance of honoring those that have come before us, showing that appropriate respect. 
holding in high regard their position. Quick to hear. Would you give us all the grace we need to do so? And that by doing so, we would do this as unto the Lord. And that would display something different in this place. That when people would come in here and they would see this taking place among us, they would know the Lord is among us. And he has wrought this in our heart. And he has given us grace to obey his word that brings a stable society, that brings a peaceful environment, even among our own congregation. So do this for your name's sake, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's close this morning. Singing again, and can it be? We'll sing just the first stanza. And be dismissed. I hope you'll appropriately honor mothers and grandmothers in your life today. And take heed to God's word as it has been shared with us this morning.